show. Ah, I'll, I'll actually bleep that. I'm actually going to bleep that. I'll act- I actually... Well, gonna... you'd have to bleep a lot of it, though, because they can cut it infer. Out. That's true. Hey, welcome back to the green light. Green light. Green light. <laughs> That I don't know was, what that was. Who, who said what? You'll never know, but <laughs> you know now. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And this is The Green Light. As we said, Lauren, what do we do here on this podcast? We read unproduced plays and screenplays by new writers and interview them on the show. God, that's what we do, isn't it? Wow. That is what we do. Yeah, so this week we are reading Midsummer Marmalade by Rebecca Ma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about tarot. So if you know anything about tarot, this might be... A good week for you to listen. Or if you don't know anything about tarot, this would be a great week for you to listen. True. Learn a little bit. Uh, if you have heard our housemate Will on this show before, uh, which you probably have if you are a frequent listener, uh, he uh, reads tarot cards a lot. He is a big tarot fan. Yeah, he actually he has a he has a podcast that he does once in a while where yeah. he reads tarot. Tipsy so. tarot. Lauren yeah. and I have both been on it, as a yeah. matter of fact, <laughs> as guests. Um, but yeah, so so be on the lookout for that. Will actually did not come on this episode to read stage directions. It was actually uh, uh, Nick Nicholas Bafia, yeah. um, de facto producer of this podcast ish. True. Um, I mean, he's he's one of the producers, and you know that's true actually because uh, Patreon wise, yeah, yeah. And if you also want to be a producer of this podcast, you should check out our Patreon. We do all kinds of bonus content. We just posted our second road trip episode for yes, uh, if you're at the ten dollar level or above. Uh-huh. Um, we do green lit episodes every month and we do bonus content just you know sometimes if we talk too much we'll put that at the one dollar level just us going and we also actually put a little bit of bonus content for our other podcast who is that the mass singer and dancer podcast yes uh we put that on our patreon too so check that out also check out our other podcast yeah who is that uh the mass dancer just started and we have one episode out for that on that feed and then another one coming out uh right now at the same time you're listening to this it will be out yeah uh, i also just wanted to give a quick shout out i we don't know if we know this person this might be our first patron that we don't know yeah um but the amazing Spee spectacular we appreciate you thank you yeah that just became a new patreon member uh once again like we we have it in the tiers that like Oh, we're only going to shout you out at this level. Well, if you get in here at the ground floor, we're going to shout right. you out we'll no matter what. We'll shout you out regardless. We'll, yeah, we'll shout you out for giving us, throwing a nickel at us if you're <laughs> just driving by and hit us in the head. Like, we will shout you out on this show. <laughs> so, yeah, get into the ground floor. You get Boom. shouted out on the podcast, and it'll be a great time. And thank you to all of our current and um, consistent patrons. We yeah, appreciate we really you very appreciate much. You. And yeah, like Lauren said, you get a bunch of extra content, so it's a lot of fun. Um, Another fun thing you can do for the show, if you if you like us, is review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Um, I did checked. you happen to see any I, new ones? Nope. All right. In that yeah. case, get on that, guys. Yeah, really. Um, come but on. yeah, for those of you who come have reviewed on. us, we really, really appreciate it. It helps us move up the charts, helps more people see the show. Yes. Um, and we would love for more people to see the show. Yes, Yay, we would. Art. Um, and then in addition to that, one more housekeeping thing, uh, follow us on social media, please at TGL <laughs> underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter and, uh, at green light pod on Facebook. Yes. Okay. At green light pod on Facebook. You can also email us at TJL submit TGL submit at gmail.com. <laughs> TJL uh, <or> submit. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to submit your plays, your voices, whatever. Yes, please do that. Boom. All right, let's dive, shall we? Let's do our detours. Detour segment, uh, we do every week. We talk about uh, something we've consumed. Movie, TV show, book, play, 
10-year-old video game. This week, we got some movies for you. One of them, very new. Another one, pretty old. And are we doing are we doing three or just two? Just two. Just, that's it then. <laughs> I mean, unless you also wanted to do Clockstoppers. Oh, no, no, no. But fine. I didn't really want to do Clockstoppers. We watched Clockstoppers. Uh, it's fun. on HBO Max. It's a lot of fun. It's it's essentially yeah, it a Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, I but really it came thought out in it theaters. was a Disney Channel it was, original It was movie. technically like a Nickelodeon movie that just Ew, came out in theaters. Okay. Like, you know, when Nickelodeon was releasing movies in theaters? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was right. one of those. But yes, it's decent. If, if, you know, have a drink and watch it, you'll enjoy yourself yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but yes, shall we, what, uh, let's start with the old one and transition it to new. Okay. Keep the people waiting. Make sure they're salivating by the time okay. we get to it. Pa- Pavlov's dog of Pavlov's green light. Ew. Green light. All right. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if, I, I wonder if at some point people have visceral reactions to hearing that. Green light. Yeah. <laughs> ah, they wreck Prob- their cars. Probably mostly negative. Yes. But <laughs> anyways, so the first movie that we're going to talk about is also on HBO, right? Yes. I don't know. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> also on HBO Max. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. I was trying to think of something clever. I couldn't. Uh, directed by Stuart Gillard. Written by Kevin... E- or, uh, based on characters created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And written by... What's the screen? Also written by Stuart Gillard. So directed and written by Stuart Gillard. Uh, this is a 1993 film starring... I mean... Uh, no one that I really know. Elias Cotius, Paige Turco, Stuart Wilson, Sab Shimono, and then a couple other people before you even get to the turtles and you don't recognize any of the turtles. But <laughs> if you're not familiar, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are four crime-fighting turtles who life human-sized turtles yes. who have superior strength, agility, etc. to a human being. They yeah. are yeah. Um, for this movie specifically, when their closest friend, April O'Neil, who is a reporter, discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, the turtles must cowabunga their way back to 17th century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of Lord Norinaga. Interesting. So. Okay. We're actually going to do a little experiment here. Lauren. Yes. Name the four Ninja Turtles. Okay. I think I got this because I want to say like three of them are named after Renaissance artists. Okay. So I want to say Leonardo. Yep. It's not Da Vinci. Just Leonardo. Yes. Raphael. Yep. Michelangelo. Yep. And I want to say the last one is Deuteronomy. <laughs> Lord, you were so close. Oh, no. <laughs> you were so close. You went from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Cats characters, and that's pretty impressive. Deuteronomy is a book of the Bible. Old Deuteronomy is also a character in Cats. Yeah, but I know it from the Bible. Yeah, well, you're wrong either way. It does start with a D. Okay, well, the it's other another thing I was painting. Was Daedalus? It's a painting? Or not a painting, a painter, I a believe. Painter. Another another artist, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, I can't think of a painter that starts with a D that's not Da Vinci. His name is Donatello. We just had to delete something to protect <laughs> the identity of my father. So just be on if if something if it feels weird that transition, that's, that's fine. Why. <laughs> I don't want to dox my old man. But yes, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you've seen the first two movies, this one is more of the same. Uh, I will say, in the hierarchy of the movies, this is probably on the lower end. Like it, it's definitely not as good as the second one, Secret of the Ooze. I think that one is the most the most whimsical. It's the most fun. Uh, Doesn't have that that one joke. 
Oh, it, it does not, to be fair. That, and that one's the first one. So oh, that's see, the first one? I had to put the first one up top because of that joke. Can if we talk see... about the joke? Yeah, we can talk about it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> We're we not even just, talking about the third movie. It. Yeah, okay. So basically, Casey Jones, as you know, he's a... What does he do for a living? I don't know. He's a bit of a vagrant, uh, hangs out with the turtles, also a bit of a crime fighter. And they're, they're, they're you know, it's, it's towards the, I guess... It's in the second act of the movie. Anyways, they're going down into the sewers, and he's never been before. And uh, Michelangelo says to him, Oh, we don't want you to be claustrophobic down in the sewers. And Casey Jones says, I've never even looked at another guy before. <laughs> there are just so many jumps you have to make. There's many layers. From claustrophobic to homophobic, but then homophobic meaning gay, not meaning yeah. hating gay people. <laughs> exactly. And then There's for Casey Jones things. to have the gall to say, I've never even looked at another guy before. <laughs> as he's actively looking at four male turtles that's fine it doesn't matter but so yes good. and and so that was in the first one this one once again it's more of the same so you have a good time if you enjoy the other ones uh but yes the turtles travel back to 17th century japan so it's sort of a fun thing you get to see a little bit of 17th century japan which is fun there you go um yeah i don't know overall like it didn't shredder is in both the first and second movies and i feel like shredder is such the classic teenage Mutant ninja turtles villain hmm. that it's sort of hard like i would not know and uh lord norinaga i i watched the show a lot I don't remember him being a character, so he might have been created just for this movie. So there's, like, less lore attached to him. So, you know, uh, overall, I'd say the first two are your better bet. But if you are a completionist, as we are, and you wanted to see the full trilogy, this one is good. Uh, once again, more of the same. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it is actually... <laughs> the guy who plays Casey Jones actually plays two different characters. And I'd say watching his performance is worth it alone hmm. because they're two extremely different characters. They're almost polar opposites. And I I truly didn't even recognize him in the other role. So he it's also a has clinic. a... Yeah, he has, a, <laughs> he has shorter hair and a beard in, in the other role. So it's just really interesting. But yeah, it's a fun it's time. Masterclass. Cowabunga, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3... Hashtag and well, pizza. it's also... It's <clears throat> interesting too because the first one is like called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The second one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And the third one is back to just being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. It's like they didn't add like a second title they onto it. They were like, uh, it's already long enough. Exactly. Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. So too much. that is the old-ish movie that we wanted to talk about to detour. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Crash. And now <laughs> our, our very, very new movie just released yes. on Christmas Day. Yes. Uh, we, we decided to watch Wonder Woman first because we were more in the mood because we knew this one was actually going to be good. Yes. Um, Wonder Woman was good, but we knew this one was going to be like really yeah, good. So suck it, haters. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, so you <laughs> might know what we're talking about. It's Soul. Soul. Yeah. Starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, etc. Um, Okay. Here's a synopsis. The one on IMDb is terrible, but... Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't gone quite the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels, uh -huh. unexpectedly travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I really like this movie. It's very good. Yeah. It's, it is a Pixar movie. And yeah. with Pixar, you know... You, they, they're pulling at those heartstrings. <laughs> Sans Good Dinosaur, you know you're going to get a good movie. And I shouldn't say anything about The Good Dinosaur because I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard... I've heard bad things. Yes. But with Soul, you're, you're getting a Pixar movie. It's very good. It's very well done. It's a very well done animated film. It's funny, you know, it, and it, it very much 
tears at those heartstrings. For pull, sure. Pulls at him. Pulls at him. Said, cry, please. Please cry. Well, I also, Jackson did cry for the last 15 minutes, well, maybe. <laughs> unconfirmed. I confirmed. I confirmed it. Totally confirmed. I definitely did cry. It was, it was, a, very, it was a very emotional movie. For sure. But it's basically... A lot of it is just about, like, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, because we are artists, we are in a community of artists, like, with our friends on social media, whatever. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of my friends posting about it and basically talking about how the message behind it is, a lot of it is, like, you are a complete person. Yeah. Apart from your your artistry. You know what I mean? It's, like, because I feel like a lot of times we feel guilty if we're not doing acting stuff or like whatever your art is a lot of times it's easy to feel guilty if you're not doing that 100% of the time because people make you feel like oh well if you're not grinding all the time like you're never going to be successful exactly yada 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 but (laughs) it's important to remember that yeah you are a complete human you can find life and joy in all the other things in your life in addition to your passion yeah no I I totally like it it very much resonates, especially if you're an artist. But I feel like really just as a human being, yeah, because it's it's very applicable. But yeah, it was I I obviously definitely cried a lot at the end, as Lauren said. Fine, whatever, I'll say it. It was a very emotional film. Um, I will I'll ask you this question first before I sort of talk about it. Okay. Where do you think this ranks in your overall Pixar list? Yeah, come back to me. I got to pull up the list. Okay, okay. For me, if I'm being honest, the message, I think, was towards the top of the list just because it, it it's hit so close to home. Yeah, for sure. I agree. But I will say, it. I think the movie lost me a little bit sort of in the middle. I just. I didn't love, like, the the world building of the, what is it, the great beyond, the great before. See, I was, I was fine with that. Yeah. I, I didn't mind that. The part that I thought got a little old for me was when he was stuck in the cat's body and when 22 was stuck in his body. Yeah. I, I felt that that was a lot. I mean, I thought the whole point was like, oh, 22 is experiencing no, the world and I, yada yada. I, that, that point is great. And, and I, I do really appreciate that. And it might have been, you know, I, obviously before this movie came out, this, the, it, it got a little bit of flack for like, oh, it, it, it's, it's great because it's, um, it's a black man at the center really representing that. But part a, a lot of the time spend a lot of the movie as a black man exactly and so i, I he's was either the little blob thing or yeah, he is in a cat. He is, he's in a cat and so i i just thought it would have been really interesting to like to, to to get to see him more in his own skin and i and the point i think was so he could have a different perspective and see outside of it i get that i just think it would have been you know and maybe it would have been a different movie and that's fine but like i think yeah. it would have been interesting you know well and i do think like Part of the way they use that was to show, you know, especially like the scene at the barbershop, you know, yeah. that he, in a way, like his, I guess his laser focus on his passion was yeah. preventing him from enjoying other things in life. Like no, totally. community, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, Pixar's gotten a lot of flack for, you know, just putting black people in, like just not showing them as black people. Yeah. As, you know, yeah. putting them in animals or yeah. blob spirits or frogs, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, other than that, though, I mean, the the movie really does not not to minimize that. I'm like, well, besides that, no. But like, it's it's very good. Yeah. Graham the Norton. Of the movie is really good. Yeah. Graham Norton was really good. I don't know. Graham Norton. I didn't know was like an Which actor. One was Graham Norton? Graham Norton was the the guy who they uh, met on the ship in the the great before the guy, the hippie guy. 
Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, do you know Graham Norton? No. He is a talk show host. Really? Okay. Yeah. He um he has a it's a like a British talk show, hmm. um the Graham Norton show, and he's re- like he's really funny. I I love his interviews with um like with celebrities and things like that. I think he does a great job. I think he's super personable, and it was cool to see him in like a movie role because I never I never seen him like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like I <laughs> I glossed over a bit of talking about the message, which I do want to touch on a little bit because once again, it did really hit home. Um, because. You know, there's there's pressure in all industries to be grinding, of course. But I feel like you said something that was really interesting about like like in acting. I feel like the the message is if you don't suffer, slash if you don't spend your entire life focusing only on this, you're not gonna be successful and yeah. you're not gonna have a fruitful experience. Well, especially too, like I would say acting and like music. Yeah, no, are the totally. two big things. Because I mean, yeah. you know, even with him, it's like. You know, I don't know. I know my sister, the pianist, like practices, I mean, every spare moment she gets, you know, which is like great. Good for her. She's very good. Um, But, you know, it's like there's also a risk that comes with that of like not being able to enjoy some other things that you might really like. Yeah. Exactly. And, so and, yeah, it's it's definitely all about finding that balance. Yeah, it it, it was just really refreshing, and you know, f- fi- finding things in the small moments, and like, I feel like especially now in a time of quarantine, at a time where you're, <laughs> it's very hard to do your art at all. Yeah, yeah. And you're also you're also locked inside with your own thoughts for a while. For sure. Uh, which well, is never fun. And it's also um, <laughs> too. I feel like we've seen the story a million times of this person works harder and harder and harder and harder and harder, and they finally get a breakthrough. Yeah. We've seen that a lot, you know, so it's nice to kind of see the other side of like, oh, this person recognized the value in other areas of their life. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Anyway, and And it's like not even in the sense of like he gave up because that's not really the case at all. It's like he 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 realized he got to his dream and then realized that. There were other things that he also that he also valued enjoyed. in addition yeah. to not not like an either or not instead it can be an and yeah yeah and well and see that I think that's part of the thing for me is that like the, I feel like the message is so new and refreshing and exciting and then I feel like it's almost a trope at this point to have people switch bodies you know yeah yeah and well, like, it's just like oh switch bodies and then see your own life from the outside yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 so it's like you know i i loved the message but like i guess the way it got there for me was was not yeah. bad because you know obviously there were some humorous moments etc it just didn't surprise me I agree. and it, it was it wasn't super groundbreaking so yeah did you figure out where i know you looked at the list um, where do you think this falls it doesn't have to be i'd exact. say i'd say Upper third for me. Like, okay. th- as a whole, this movie is probably upper third of Pixar movies. Okay. But probably still not, like, top five. Yeah. I'd say this is, like, upper half for me. Okay. I would say. Um, I mean, yeah, I really did like it. I just, you know, I mean, even looking at, like, when I looked up list of Pixar movies, one of the first ones that popped up was Coco. And I was like, I don't oh, think yeah. anything beats Coco. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, you have Coco. <laughs> you have Inside Out, which I also really love. I love like, the Toy Story movies. Up. Is fantastic. Yeah, Finding I love Nemo, The Incredibles. The Incredibles, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's it's a hard... I mean, it is a very hard... Pixar just makes good movies. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the bottom line. <laughs> How would you compare it to the other Pixar movie that was technically released the same year? Onward? Actually, not even technically. Onward, yeah. I... 
I don't know. I think they're different movies. Oh, they're, I, they're super different movies. I yeah. wept at Onward. <laughs> I did not cry at this, but I think it might have been partially because I knew going into this that it was going to be a heart-stringy movie. You, you, you closed off your I, heart. I How closed you? off, yeah. yeah. But, I, will, um, here's... I don't know. I, I think Soul maybe like is a little closer to us in terms of relatability, just as artists. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. But I think Onward was a more creative movie. I, I think I enjoyed watching Onward more, but Soul resonated more with me. Yeah, I yeah I vibe with that. Yeah. And while Onward was very resonant as well, you know, coming from someone who has a brother, but still. Yeah. Still. Anyway. Okay. Sounds Gucci. Um, Let's see. That's it. So, yeah, that's it. It's just, just those Play. two movies. We knew we were going to talk about Soul for a long time. Yes, and so, we did. We did. So, moving on. Uh, as we said before, we are reading Midsummer Marmalade by Rebecca Ma. Yes, and we will be doing that when we come back. Bleh. podcast and i'm also here hey. hey joining us for the first time in a long time yeah nicholas bafia how you doing nick uh pleasure to be here i'm doing just fine well that's <laughs> that is fantastic sir anything you're working on right now that you want to not really no okay. just kind of <laughs> enjoying the holidays i think good 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 uh in that case we'll move on to what we're here for what we're all here for uh which is the script for today midsummer marmalade by rebecca ma uh, as you know, I am Jackson, and I will be reading for the character of Alphonse. I am Lauren, I'll be reading for Bea. And I'm Nick, and I'll be reading everything else. <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump into it. Interior early evening, inside Red Taxi. Wednesday, midsummer. The taxi is stopped in traffic. It has been stopped in traffic for some time and will be stuck for longer. A man in his 30s is at the wheel. He drapes his arm over the wheel and he looks at the road. A woman in her 20s is in the back seat on her phone. She's wearing a mint blazer and a matching mint shorts with a pink camisole underneath. The man looks at his phone and sighs. He takes a sip of water from his bottle. He shifts the taxi into park and looks back. You comfortable back there? I just fixed the AC. It should be working. Oh, I'm fine. It's a little chilly, but I'm fine. Good. Good, good, good. You're in a rush, are you? I was, but if we're not moving anytime soon, I have to tell my client I'm going to be late. I think you should tell your client you're going to be late. Right. Bea picks up her phone and sends out a quick text. She puts her phone down and looks out the window. Alphonse turns back facing the road. So what kind of client are you meeting? A tarot client. A tarot client? What's that? So, you know how some people tell the future with decks of cards? That's tarot. It's a 78-card deck where each card is individual meeting. You shuffle and pull them out and find answers to the questions that people may have. I'm a tarot reader, so I read people's cards for a living. Usually I meet my clients at their houses. Oh, I've heard of people like you. You're one of those psychics. You just cold read people and scam them out of money. They're just cards, and I don't cold read. There's nothing magical about them, and I certainly don't scam my clients. I just pull cards and tell them what they mean. What they do with that is kind of up to them. I'm kind of like a life coach, too. I just give them a gentle push. The only difference is that I have cards cement what I'm saying, and the client actually listens. Right, so you're just telling them something and they eat it up. Wouldn't you say that you're taking advantage of them? It's their money. This is how they choose to spend it. They know what they're getting into. Besides, I don't use them for magical purposes. I use them psychologically. The client presents me a problem, and I help them reframe it and make it more digestible. And you don't cold read? Nope. 
I couldn't cold read to save my life. I don't have the social skills to. Does it pay a lot? It gives me a comfortable life. Not like taxi driving, huh? Alphonse chuckles. Bea grins. Interior inside red taxi, late evening, almost night. Do you know how much longer we're going to be here? I don't know. It looks like there was a crash. We're going to be stuck here until they clear it. Looks like you're going to be stuck with the charlatan. <laughs> You've been called that before? Actually, yes. One lady, she didn't get the man she wanted, so she called me one on every social media outlet there is. But it was just that one. You should read my reviews. They're glowing. If they're so glowing, how about you give me a reading? Let's see how good you are. Bea looks out at the road ahead. Sure, but you might want to keep an open mind for this. You'll need it to believe. Bea takes a small white bag outside of her backpack. Out of the bag, she takes out a small purple box and opens it. She tips out a small book and cards. The gilding on the sides of the cards are worn. She begins to shuffle the cards. What do you want to know? Alphonse pauses to think. Um, what will happen in one year? So you want a general reading? I guess. All right. Bea shuffles the cards overhand several times. She stops and takes out one card. So I'm going to tell you the general meaning of the card, the card image, and what I interpret it as. Okay? Okay. So your first card is King of Swords. The King of Swords generally means truth and intellectual power. In this card, a man with a sword is hovering over a nest of signets. Earlier cards show a monster of a swan attacking people. The court cards generally represent people, and I think this is you. You are the King of Swords. You are a smart and capable person, and in this next year, you will be facing a monster. But in the end, you will kill it at the source and be successful. In doing this, you will find the truth you're looking for. This card is set in the winter, so this could mean that this will all go down in the winter, or it will be during a winter phase of your life. But don't worry, you'll come out on top, and spring will come right after. Bea takes out another card. Your second card is the Nine of Wands. Nine of Wands generally means courage. In this image, a guy is in the woods, hidden in the flowers, and with the staff to protect him. This means that you will be courageous during all of this. You will find courage that you never knew you had. This is going to help you get through it. A card falls out. Bea picks it up. Your third card is the Queen of Pentacles. Usually this card means a nurturing and working parent. Pentacles usually means money, which is why it's sometimes called coins in other decks. In this image, there is a woman clutching onto a giant pentacle while everything around her is growing. This could mean that you're going to be working hard to provide for your family with abundance. This could also mean a strong, nurturing, and providing woman in your life. Do you have a woman in your life who's a nurturing and working woman? Yeah, my wife. She's working. Right now, she's the breadwinner of the family. Because of ride-sharing apps, it's hard to get a fare as a taxi driver. She's an engineer at this firm. She works 60-hour weeks, but still comes home and takes care of our son since I work evenings and nights. I guess you could call her nurturing. She takes care of him. She also takes care of me. She's always taking care of the people in her life. From this card, it looks like she likes to work. It's hard, but she loves it. Judging by what you've told me about her nurturing nature, she loves that too. She loves taking care of you and your son. She wanted it all, and she got it. Hmm. Bea pulls out another card. Seven of Pentacles. This is the work card. This is literally you reap what you sow. In this image, a person who has planted pentacles is harvesting them. Their garden is abundant. This seems to be the theme of your year. With the Queen of Pentacles, you have a working woman in your life. With this card, you have yourself, the hard worker. You're going to work really hard this year, but it will pay off. It may seem like it's going nowhere, but just trust the process. 
You're going to get that nice fat reward at the end of it. Bale pulls out another card. Your next cup is the Queen of Chalices. This means emotional stability and compassion. There's a woman whose dress is water flowing into a lagoon. She's holding a cup. I think this actually means that you will become more emotionally stable this year. You will find yourself emotionally after a long life of emotional blockage. It's going to be like waterfall when it all comes out. It's going to be really strange at first, but it'll feel really good. I'm sentencing that some of your emotional blockage comes from your parents. Were any of your parents more or less unemotional? Yeah, actually. My dad was a man's man. I've never seen the man show any emotion at all. I don't think it's even possible for him to show any emotions at all. He was such a hard ass growing up. He was a working man. He worked at the mill and only retired when it got shut down. He lived to work and he worked to live. Are you that way with your son? Oh god, no. Well, I, I'm trying not to be. When my wife was pregnant, I told myself that I would never be like my father. I mean, he wasn't a bad father, per se, but showing no emotions made me emotionally stunted, and I don't want my son to be emotionally stunted. Okay. Last card. Bea pulls out a last card. Page of Pentacles. This means manifestation and financial opportunity. In this image, a man is in the woods surrounded by giant strawberries, flowers, and holding a giant pentacle. This card takes place in the spring. I think this is what's going to happen after your winter fighting adversity. You're going to have a brand new financial opportunity and it's going to be abundant. This also means a child, so it could mean your son. You don't have to worry about your son. He's going to be just fine. Let me pull another new card for this potential new opportunity. Bea shuffles the deck and pulls out another card. Knight of Wands. It means energy and passion. It also means impulsiveness. In this image, a man is floating with a body of water in the background. I think it means that this new financial opportunity is going to be your passion, which is why you jump into it. Wands means passion and fire. This is going to be pure passion and it's going to ignite your inner fire, but be careful for impulsiveness. Don't be rash about it or it'll bite you in the ass. Bea takes the cards and puts them back in the box. She takes the box and then puts it back in the bag, then back into her backpack. And that's it. How was it? You know what? That was actually fun. That was really interesting. Did it resonate with you? I guess it did. I mean, I still don't believe in it, but you raised some good points. I guess I have this new financial opportunity to look out for. I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious as to what it may be. Are you saying that to be nice? If it doesn't, that's fine. I won't be hurt. No, no, it actually did mean something to me. You didn't tell me anything new or groundbreaking, but I guess that's what makes it believable. I still think you were unconsciously cold reading me. I think you made some assumptions and got lucky that they stuck. You were pretty clinical about it. Alphon shrugs. I mean, you told me things I've been putting off for a while. Like, I mean to be less emotionally stunted for my son, but it's hard, you know? Well, have you told your son you loved him? How old is he? He's five. And... No, I, I don't think I've told him that I loved him. Just tell him. He'll be over the moon. Alphonse grips the steering wheel. Hmm. Interior inside red taxi, night. The cars in front start to move slowly. The person behind the taxi starts honking for Alphonse to move. Alphonse shifts to drive and starts to move. It's not hard. My parents told us how much they loved us all the time. I know, but it is not a manly thing to do. I thought you didn't want to raise your kid like your father did you. Wouldn't just saying I love you to your son be a step in the right direction? You're right, you're right. I'll try tomorrow when he wakes up before I go to work. They drive for a while and out of the jam. Both of them are silent. Alphonse reaches Bea's destination. 
Bayev pays the fee and gets out of the car. She goes over to the driver's side window. Remember, be emotional and caring and everything good will happen to you. You will get a good opportunity that will make all your wildest dreams come true. Here's my card. Bayer reaches into her backpack and pulls out a card which she hands to Alphonse. If your wife would like a reading or if you'd like to do a natal chart reading for your son, I'd be happy to do it for free. I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Bea turns, walks over to the house, and rings the doorbell. Alphonse watches her go into the house and then drives off. Cut to black. End. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light? We are here with our writer of the week, Rebecca. How are you? Good, how are you? We are, we are doing good. fantastic, fantastic. Uh, so thank you for talking with us, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't listening, um, Rebecca, like, just finished working pretty yeah, much. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for making time to talk to us today. Yeah, props to you also. We were talking a little bit before, and it was not a fun day at work. So thank you so much for, for sitting down with us and talking. Yeah. So, yeah, so where are you calling us from today? I'm calling you guys from Weezer, Idaho, at McCarran's restaurant. Oh wow! Nice. Okay, awesome. I have we had anyone from Idaho? I don't, I don't think, think we've so. Had, we've I had mean, Iowa. I, yes, we have, but no Idaho. I think so. That's pretty cool. I I know one person from Idaho, but she's from Boise, which I feel like is the most mainstream Idaho yeah. you can get. Yeah, oh, she's from Boise, Lauren. Okay. Okay. Mainstream. <laughs> no, but that's but that's awesome. No, yeah. Uh, what is your parents' restaurant called, by the way? Just so we can give that a quick shout out for any anyone in Idaho who's listening. It's called the Golden Horse Restaurant. It's a Chinese restaurant. Okay. Nice. Cool. Sweet. So if you were in uh, if you were in Idaho, check that out. It's a it's a requirement from the green light. Um, so yeah, uh, so let's uh, just sort of jump into it. So Rebecca, give us your writer origin story. How did you start writing? Um, it didn't start until, like, I was kind of, um, I was an undergrad when, um, this one, like, grad assistant kind of, like, inspired me to, like, start, to start thinking about, like, writing. I took a few, like, writing classes, and then, like, when I transferred back to school in Boise, um, I, I decided to, I had to, like, um, take on creative writing as a minor, and so, and I started with poetry, so my focus is poetry, and I kind of, like, did that for a while until, like, until like I have the until earlier this year I had like this like um this really bad depressive phase and they kind of like killed all my inspiration and so like I kind of stopped writing for a very long time until like it, until recently actually when I had COVID um I started writing again and like um I mainly start writing screenplays because like I really, like when I when I tried to write fiction because at first I was writing fiction and um I couldn't I couldn't hack it because like um because like, I just had so much dialogue. Mm. I just had so much dialogue and and, and so I thought like well might as well I might as well just like transfer with screenplays and see like to see how that works out. Yeah, totally. Sure. Well, first totally. of all, I'm so glad you've recovered from COVID. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, I think that's just a really awesome story. Like, yeah. you know, we, we talked about this a little last week actually on our episode, but just, you know, finding ways to release creative energy even if it's not the way that you're most comfortable with and like you said since poetry is sort of the main thing you do sort of taking taking a different route in like screenwriting is is definitely i imagine is scary but is also kind of exciting you know a new form so really props to you for that and props to you for making it through covid um so yeah that that is awesome 
So this script revolves around someone who reads tarot for a living. So what experience do you have with tarot? Um, it's just a hobby for me. Like uh, what happened was I kind of like got interested in it and I got like, and I started using it as like my therapist said that it's like kind of like a psychological thing for me where like I use it to help me solve problems on my own that I can't, I can't quite solve hmm. by myself. Like, yeah, like there's 70 aspects of, I guess, being in it and, and 70 possibilities mm-hmm. and um, you have these 70 options and it can help you and because like, there's like the vast difference of it um there you can like sort of figure out what what how to solve your problem and how to go from there and that's how i was kind of using it and so that's kind of my experience of it like i'm not i'm not very i'm not very good at it because like because like um um i don't i don't do it for a living i don't look i don't look too deep into it mm-hmm. so that's about it yeah. no that that's really cool i mean truthfully uh we, we have a housemate who actually uh reads terror a lot sort of as a hobby as well yeah. um but i mean re- in reading the script like it, it, it it's was like clear. this person you... definitely knows about tarot for yeah, sure. yeah. It, it, exactly just like the experience that we've gotten from our housemate will who does it a lot and um so yeah props to you for that because it, it definitely feels like you have a, a both a knowledge and a love of it so for sure that's really cool to see yeah i mean i feel like i see it that same way too where you know it's not like it's telling the future so much as it is you know helping you see things in your life and helping you recognize you know problems and solutions and all that cool stuff yeah it allows you sort of to see the world in a different way and like yeah so that's really cool um so this script it has like a really great structure like you put two people in a in one place together and it's like things are bound to come out. <laughs> so did you come up with the idea of two people being stuck together and then the idea of the tarot part came later? Or did you want to write a script about tarot and then you came up with the idea of two people being stuck together? What happened was in my in my um, undergrad fiction class, my intro to fiction, I wrote a story about um, two guys going on a road trip. Well, an Uber driver being a guy getting into an Uber and then say like, okay, I want to go to New York, which is which is like um, from that spot it was about a five hour drive away. Wow. Yeah. And after I wrote that after I wrote that story, I was thinking like, oh, I'd like to like write a, sh- a series of short stories about public transportation, about stories that take place on like buses, taxis, airplanes, subways, stuff like that. I started with like that, like two people in the car together, and then um, and at the time I was really, I just was beginning to get into tarot. Mm-hmm. So I was like really interested in it, and I thought, oh, it'd be really, really interesting to write a story of um of, ter- of a tarot reader, a tarot reader giving a giving a reading to a taxi driver. Hmm. That's really cool. I I love that how you started with that structure because I don't know. I feel like it provides such a cool creative like challenge in a way. It's like you don't think of the idea first in a, in a way, you more think of like either where it's going to take place, like you said, public transportation, and or then yeah. you sort of craft your idea around that. I don't know, that's just exciting to for me sure. like to, to, to have that challenge and to, to put that for yourself. So that's really cool. Yeah. Have you written, have you uh, gone through with any of the other stories? Like how many uh, in this series have you written? Um, I wrote the. I started writing this one about um, these two people on a subway, and the subway stops because you know Ooh. how like subways will just stop sometimes. Unfortunately, except, yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, and the subway, um, and these two people, they're like supposed to go on a date together or on their first date together. They like met on Tinder, mm. and um, and they are at, and they they start asking each other um that thing like the thirty six questions to fall in love with. Oh, oh sure. Okay. 
Oh, that's, that's cute. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's great. also just like, man, didn't expect to spend this much time with this person on the first day. <laughs> In such close proximity on a yeah. smelly subway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm sure our our leading lady meets lots of people who are skeptics, but why does she choose to take the time to do a free reading for Alphonse? Uh, does she see something specific in him or is it just a product of circumstance? I think she sees something in him. Like she sees like this taxi driver in a world full of Uber, like um, mm. and, like world full of Uber. And then like, and how he, I guess like he's just kind of like going along life. Like, um, like she's probably like one of his only fares that day. Like he doesn't have that many fares. And like, so that's so what she thinks like, Oh, am I so like, um, like I have time. So might as well, it can, it can't be, might as well. Like, uh, let's see. And let's see what, let's see how he reacts to it. Kind of, I guess. No, kind totally. Of, like, yeah. yeah. I think that sort of leads in well to our next question. So like, obviously she sees a lot in him, but do you think he's been genuinely changed by this experience? Like, do you think this is going to sort of uh, a spark a change in his life? Or is he just sort of being nice and appeasing her while being stuck in the same cab with her for a long time? I think, like, initially he thinks, like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, whatever. It's, just, it's, it's like, it's nothing. But then, like, as he starts to think about it more, and then he starts to, like, maybe, like, there's a little thing in the back of his mind that's like, oh, like, what if, like, what if, like, that, that new opportunity does present itself? Like, maybe mm-hmm. I should be on the lookout for that. I don't think, like, he's, he still thinks that he's cold, he still thinks that she's cold reading him, but, like, um, he's, but he still, he still, like, has that little bit of hope in his, in his back of mind, that, like, oh, maybe, maybe things will change, like, if I, if I do this, like, and, yeah. and he's doing things yeah. a little bit differently. Yeah, I, th- I think that's such an interesting point because it's like, I feel like even if <laughs> even if if you, you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, this person is just saying this for whatever reason, if they say something like positive that's going to happen to you, you're like, oh, well, maybe like they, they might have something to say, you know? Sure. So, it's, so it's like obviously a product of, of, of her being good at what she does, but also Alphonse sort of being in this situation where he does sort of need some good news. He does need some positive energy. Um, and I, I don't know uh, if you have picked a specific moment in the script, but if you have, uh, uh, at what moment did Alphonse start to believe and buy into the idea of tarot? Was it a specific card that made him sort of uh, change his mind, or was it sort of just totally gradual over the whole thing? I think like when she mentioned his wife, like specifically, like the, like she's a working with the Queen of Pentacles means like a working parent, mm. and um, specifically like oh she like she could she could be winging it like she could like she could totally be winging it, but at the same time like like how does she like how does she know like. Like, how does she know? Like, I have, like, this wife who's working, who's yeah. a working parent. Yeah, absolutely. Something that specific, it feels like it's like, oh, maybe she is saying something right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So our last script question, before we move on to some questions about you, um, where does the title of this script come from, Midsummer Marmalade? What happened was, it, because it was said Midsummer, and they also mean about Midsummer's Night Dream. And they, originally it's called Midsummer Jam. And then I was like, wait, what's a, like, I said, that doesn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. And so I was like, and so I was like, wait, what's the, like, um, a, a synonym? Yeah, synonym yeah. for, like, jam. And I was like, marmalade, so... There you go. I, I love that. I, there's there's something like musical about oh, the for title, sure. like Midsummer Marmalade. I don't know. It's it's very evocative. Good vibes. It, it, it evokes a very specific image, and I think I think that's really cool. Um. So yeah, those were all of our script questions. Now we're gonna get into some some fun questions about you. Um. Uh. Lauren, do you want to give us our our first uh, personal? Sure. Question? So, what is your favorite tarot card? Jeez. Uh. 
actually think it's probably hard like picking from your babies pretty I'm sure. much <laughs> you're making me pick my children <laughs> i know exactly or if, um, it would make your it, <laughs> if it would make it easier i know will you know has a ton of different tarot decks um so if you have a favorite deck oh that's true that uh that would also work too so whichever one's easier for you i love the high priestess like she's my favorite mm. okay the high priestess is cool, I think. If if I'm remembering it correctly. I, if Will is listening to this, he's probably like shaking his head. is like, Jackson, you should know this. I've showed it to you a million <laughs> times. But, uh, oh yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Off the top of your head, uh, what what does that sort of mean? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? It means like inner intuition, like, it, like inner intuition. Um, I guess like, I don't know, my sister says it also means psychic abilities. Like from this other podcast, we talked about mean psychic abilities. So, like I'm not pretty, I'm pretty sus about that. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, it also, it just means like just your, I, for me, it means like your inner self and your inner magical self. Yeah. Totally. Nice. I, I think it's really cool that you said like, this is what it means for me because I think in talking like to, uh, to Will and like, you know, just learning more about tarot, it's a lot of how like you interpret the card and how you interpret it for like a specific moment and especially like where you draw your spiritual energy from. So I think, I think it's cool that like, you know, even though the cards sort of all, all have like a general meaning, uh, they can mean something unique and different to each person. So I think that's, that's really cool. Um, so I, I like to do this thing with some of our guests where I take like a dive on their like Instagram or Facebook, if I can find it, I have been wrong about <laughs> about finding like the wrong account, but I think I'm right about this one. So, is your um Instagram name uh Rebecca at Rebecca Mamu? Yeah. Okay, sweet, sweet. So these questions Yay. will be accurate. <laughs> I only have a couple, uh, nothing too crazy. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you about actually is your Halloween costume, uh, which I, I I found like super cool because you wore a school uniform from China in like the '60s, something like what you said your mom would wear when she was in school. And uh, you also mentioned about like the symbolism of that and the importance of representation of non-Western cultures. So I would just love to hear you talk about that for a little bit, like the costume itself, your inspiration for doing it, and just like the importance of representation for non-Western cultures in general. Yeah, I think like. Um... Well, what happened was um, I saw, I, I got this book of, of Chinese propaganda and like there was a bunch of pictures of these girls wearing that uniform and I asked my parents about that and then uh, about it and then they said, yeah, like when, like when we were kids, we had to wear that scarf, we had to wear, we had to wear those clothes and they're all, and, and they told me more details about the clothes. And so I thought, oh, I guess like for Halloween, I should wear that to like just just to see what they'd say, just to your reaction. And like my dad, he said like, Rocky, you look like a sixth grader. Aww. Like <laughs> you look like a sixth grader. You like um, you look. And my mom said you look like just like we did when um, when we were when we were kids. And um, and like I think about. I, and like part and part of why I kind of did that was because like you know how every, how like a lot of people dress up as Rosie the Riveter, yeah, mm-hmm. and like and it's like um people kind of dress up as like and like she's like the symbol of like feminism and like we can do it and and at the same time like the costume I was kind of based off the propaganda too like mm-hmm. like Rosie the Riveter's propaganda and then like this mm-hmm. is based off the propaganda so like well I don't um um condone the the actions of the Chinese government um it was. It was like kind of like well like we have like so many images of of these of of American kids going to school we have so many images of American of Amer- of American life that mm-hmm. we we don't 
Chinese life that much. Like, um, we don't see non-Western life that much. Like, we, like, um, like people, like, I remember when I was, when, when I went to school, like, people thought that my parents lived, like, like, lived, lived in, like, the, in, like, like, my parents lived in poverty, but they lived, but they thought they lived, like, next, next level down. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And like, um, and then and I was thinking like, and I was thinking when I was a kid, I was like, well, people don't really know, like, don't don't really understand, like, what's, like, what what life was like, and um, and that's why like I would like to see more representation of, of life in different in different in non-Western countries. Yeah, sorry, I think it's so hard from, but yeah, no, that is I I I love that, and I think I actually think um that. Halloween costume is sort of like a great idea to even just like spark a conversation with people, you know, like it, it's like an For easy sure. way to get in, you know, cause someone will see you wearing it. They'll be like, Oh, what's that? Like, what's your costume? And then you can sort of just spark like a casual conversation about it and sort of introduce people to like these ideas and things like that. I don't know. I just think it's a really cool way to sort of, uh, to sort of, uh, uh spread the, you know, spread the culture around without, um, without having to explicitly do it, you know, et cetera. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, so this next question is a little different and a little bit, a little bit, um, I felt this one. I like this one. Um, so I saw you took a picture of your dad wearing a Canadian tuxedo. And for those who don't know, that is a, like a jean jacket, jean on jean look, essentially. So what is your opinion on the Canadian tuxedo? Are you for it? Oh, Are you against it? You love it. I love it. Like it's like at first I was against it. At first I thought it was like the stupidest thing ever. But then like, and then like um I got a jean jacket and like Billy and the, and the only the only reason why it doesn't look like it, I guess like a true Canadian tuxedo on me because I wear black jeans all the time. But mm. like, but, like oh god oh god I love it. <laughs> I've come around. <laughs> that is the it's... correct answer. I I love I love that look. I got I got this jacket. Um, a co- I guess it's been a couple of years now. Sheesh. Um, it's one of those jean jackets with like sort of the fur collars or whatever. And oh, yeah. I, I wear it. All- well, I don't wear it much anymore out here in LA because it rarely gets cold enough to wear it. But I love that jacket. I love the jean on jean look. I think it is perfect. It is the mm. epitome of fashion. End of end of statement. That's all I need to say. <laughs> See, I feel like when I wear it, you know, the the jeans. It either has to match perfectly and yeah. be a true Canadian tuxedo, yeah. or it has to be like you know one's light wash, one's dark wash, or no, like totally. black jeans or something. Yeah, like the, they the can't. Black jeans I, I I don't know. I hate when they clash. No, for sure. Well, I I was lucky, and I didn't even mean to do this, but I had a pair of jeans that matched the color of my jacket exactly, and like they weren't a set or anything. It just happened to be that way. So I was rocking that for a while. I think those jeans, I might still own them, but they might have also have a hole in them, and I can't mm. wear them anymore. So. I don't know. But yes, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, anyway, we (laughs) only have one more question left for you. Um, Every week on the show, we do a detour segment where we, you know, talk about something that we've watched or consumed, watched, read, listened to, something like that in the past week that we would recommend. So what is your detour that you would like to share? Oh, I started like um, when I was in quarantine, I started watching the show called Carol and Tuesday. Um, I, like the, the director Shinichiro Watanabe. I watched his other stuff, um, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shampoo, and I love those. Oh, cool. And the, and then like Carol and Tuesday is about um, these two girls. Like one girl um, is a daughter of the governor of, of Mars, and so like and she runs away to a city so she can become a musician. And um, and the other girl is 
or okay, that was Tuesday. And then Carol is a girl who's an orphan, um, who wants to be a musician too, but and she can't keep a part time job. And then two of them together form Carol and Tuesday, and they they go viral. And then like, and then like they try to like be they try to like be pop stars. And it's just like a really sweet show about about two girls' friendship and music. Like, and a lot of Shinichiro um, Watanabe's um, stuff revolves around music. Like, how would Beatball revolved around jazz? Yeah. Samurai Champloo revolved around hip hop, and then like this one revolves around pop music. Okay, that's awesome. That, yeah, that's really cool. Is it streaming anywhere? Just in case anyone yeah, wants to Netflix. check it out. Awesome. Netflix. On Netflix. Sweet. We'll one put that, that in the description much... if yeah. you want to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so those are all of the questions that we have for you. Thank you so much. Uh, well, actually, I guess I have one more question for you. Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> or well, or anything you'd like to plug? They're all yeah. around. Last question. What do you want to say? For sure. <laughs> um. Okay. So, question for you guys. Yes. Um. How long have you been together? Oh, uh, a little over six years. So yeah. it was just six years. Oh. End of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we met in high school. At, and have we told the story on this? We this have. Before? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we just told it on the Mass Singer one. Did we? Who was that? I don't. I remember. think we told it on who was that. Anyways. But anyway, we we met in high school at like a one act play competition. Gross. I know. We're both <laughs> actors. So um and yeah. So uh and then we dated throughout college. Uh, we went long distance in college because we went to do we for, did. two different colleges. Rip. But um, now we are here together in Los Angeles. So, yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been a nice six years. Oh, by the way, we never asked. Uh, where did you go to college? I went to, okay, so I first I went to University of New Hampshire. And then, like, I transferred back. Then I, I was having a rough time. So I had to transfer back to Boise State University. Cool. Okay. Sounds great. I Sounds don't remember great. if that's where my friend went or if she went to, is University of Boise a thing? I don't no. know. It okay, so she probably went to Boise Positive State then. Boise State. <laughs> Boise State. Well, Boise. cool. Samantha oh, yeah. Lancaster. I don't know if you know her. <laughs> Boise State, the Broncos. But yeah. Yep. Yep. The they have that they have that like all blue football field. I think. Oh, yeah, that's cool. cool. First, first. Yeah. Did you ever go to a game? No, I never did because um, I don't like football. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I guess <laughs> we um our football team at my college was terrible, but the marching band was amazing. So a lot of us would just go to the first half of the game, see the halftime show, and then, and then leave. leave. Then bounce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you for asking us that, by the way, the, the question about us. But yeah, do you have anything you would like to plug? Anything coming up in your life, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I guess I'm working on a few scripts. Like I was working on the Wars the Subway one I was talking about before, and I'm working on this one that's i'm trying to satirize like vice documentaries it's uh-huh. called token straight friend and it's about like a group of like a, a guy who's a token straight friend and a group of of people that are uh, friends that are lgbtqia plus and um and um it's about him it's about him introducing his girl his straight girlfriend to his group of people <laughs> that is great that sounds fun what is that uh, do you know what i'm talking about the show with um the show with Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, where they like uh, they satirize documentaries. Do you oh, know what, documentary oh um, what was documentary that? now? Yeah, yes, that's it. That's yes. it. Have you seen the the drones one? Yeah, that is <laughs> that, that is one of my favorite episodes. That, when you were saying that, it reminds me of that. That is that is so funny. Yeah, that 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 sounds like a great script idea. And definitely keep us updated on on your scripts and 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 how you're how you're doing with them. Uh, we would love to hear. So. I think that is all for us. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, we will uh, we will leave Rebecca's email in the description below in case you want to email her and uh, and talk about the script, talk about her future script, talk about her parents' restaurant, etc., etc. Uh, so thank you again, Rebecca, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, have a good night. All right, bye. 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 bye.